What is the difference between being punk and being a punk? We are here to talk some punk rock, some music comics. Punk culture, DIY shit, anything we want to talk about. That's, that's what fascinates Give me everything. Absolutely everything. I find that, that music and comics have always been intertwined. Chicks dig it. Don't worry. Hello. Uh, here we are again. Muck Spout, uh, episode six. Here we are again, uh, talking about uh, music and comics and uh, nerd shit and whatever the hell we want. Um, our guest today is uh, Ralph Catano. He's a buddy of mine. We're in a band together. Um, and uh, he plays everything. He listens to everything. He's got uh, a hell of a background with music. And uh, just a few minutes ago, we were talking about uh, the new Black Panther. And uh, he's a huge comic guy as well. We've, we've talked some some about comics in the past as well yeah 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 me and ben share that a lot we talk about comics a lot yeah yeah for sure yeah so welcome man yeah welcome. oh thanks glad to be here guys glad to be here sorry let me just put this a bit more forward here that looks better <laughs> cool uh so uh do do we have anything we want to talk about before we start the the conversation or or just get straight into it i think we can jump right in unless anybody's got any new news or something that popped up over the last week but it's been kind of meh nope just looking forward to the conversation here nice nice (laughs) all right all right so uh ralph um give us a a a bit of a background on like what you play and and what kind of music uh you listen to what kind of music you make that kind of okay so uh to do that (laughs) i'm gonna bore you guys with telling my life story here (laughs) oh speaking of which I'm live at a Midsummer's rehearsal. If you guys don't know, we rehearse at a church. That's as indie folk as it gets, right? Nice. Plus, nothing <laughs> says rock and roll like being in a church on a Sunday, right? <laughs> for starters, for starters. Well, anyways, uh, to talk about my life here. So um, I was born here, which explains my amazing English, but I lived in Portugal for 12 years. So uh, that's basically, you could say that's where my original music calling started. Um Obviously, when I went to Portugal, I was a bit of an outcast. My Portuguese wasn't excellent. I, uh, I was put a bit to the side by my peers. Uh, I wasn't the most athletic guy in the world. I, I'm obviously not the brightest either. But, um, <laughs> hey, it is what it is, man. right? No. It is what it is. You're um, smarter than you think, dude. <laughs> but anyways, um, yeah, so I kind of uh, lost myself into music. So... Uh, when I was younger, my sister actually introduced me to some amazing bands like The Offspring and Corn. right? I was six at the time, but I, you know what? It, it, spoke, it spoke a lot to me. It really inspired me in a lot of ways. And uh, I think I got a bit of my musicality there. And I was also listening to a lot of, believe it or not, anime openings. Interesting. Anime openings, the Japanese stuff, man. And w- you know what? Sure, when you're a kid, you don't understand that stuff, but the musicality to it, you 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 grow to appreciate that kind of stuff. They're very they're very unique. Yeah, but for uh, sure. yeah, sure. what would you say my... pulled you into uh, punk rock or anime openings? Like, what what drew you in? It would have been well, early on, it would have been the Offspring's American album. Believe it or not. Yeah. Uh, what was it that spoke to you with that with that album? Because I'm sure you were listening, you had other music kind of in your life, but what what brought yeah. that one like front and center for you? Just that intro, man. You know, welcome to Americana. <laughs> Please make your selection, followed by the pound starting <laughs> now. And then all of a sudden, it just blows into bum 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 bum. And actually, it's interesting with mute sounds. Like you hear, like with Rise. It's going to be a really good song. I recommend you guys listen to it. It's going to be our first single for the Resilience album. Um, I was actually very inspired by Noodles chugging at that time. That that intro part, you know, yeah, that was based on that, quite honestly. So just there's just like a power to it, right? And I guess that just stuck with me when I was a kid, basically. Cool. And you said corn as well. So what was it about corn that uh, that spoke to you? I was six. Corn, corn, like corn, scared the shit out of me, man. Corn scared the freaking shit out of me. The most honest answer ever. What did you like about corn? I was fucking six, dude. I was six. Corn scared the shit out of me. Don't ask me questions. I'm not gonna lie. My sister, my sister, if she's watching this, man, shout out to her. But she knows it. 
Like, yeah. dudes with dreadlocks, their teeth weren't clean, you know? They were just, it was scary shit, man. <laughs> but I don't know, like, probably somewhere around 2000, 2003, you start to hear stuff like Twisted Transistor and stuff. And I don't know, that stuff starts to speak to you when you reach a certain age, right? Right, totally. <laughs> yeah. So what would you say is your main influence uh, with electric guitar? I know you play a bunch of other types of guitar, a bunch of other string instruments, but uh, what yeah. is it, like, for, for electric that uh that you know resonates with you actually that's interesting i came back to toronto for uh one reason and one reason only i uh i was a big billy talent fan oh shit Crazy. yeah ian de saw he talent? was the reason yeah really. i'm sorry Not sorry much, uh, no. i'm just asking if they know billy oh. talent because they're from oh. the states billy talent was kind of like a canadian moment you know gotcha yeah like I was raised in the emo scene, right? And I didn't know they were from Toronto at the time, honestly. But there was something to his guitar playing. What's that? I didn't know that till just now. So, oh wow! Yeah. <laughs> but there was something to his guitar playing. He did some very weird, tricky chords, man. And yeah, the fact that he made a guitar not sound monotonous, for lack of a better term. Sure. You know, it was just very. Yeah. I don't know. It was very mind opening to me. And a lot of people don't like Billy Talon and it's perfectly okay. But um, I don't know, just the way he structures his chords and makes it all work with one guitar. It's pretty amazing. They had a really unique kind of collection of, of uh, like each, each it's, there were like a, a rare example of like four I individuals that played their instrument in a very unique way. And then the combination of them, you were like, Oh, that's really cool. Exactly. Now, I don't, I don't think it had the same sort of retention that that uh, some other bands have, um, but they were also at the tail end of like the big hardcore explosion. So maybe it was just the people's attention spans were just a little shorter. I guess, yeah. I can I can look at it that way. I can definitely look yeah. at it that way. I was also uh, very big on My Chemical Romance. Frank Iero, mm. his octaves, the way he would work the octaves around on a song and add a melody to it. There was just something magical about that. You know, it just really opened up the sound. You know. Um, yeah, Noodles, I already mentioned, he's a big influence for me. Uh, going back to the classical guys, obviously, like the the old school guys came later, but there's Tony Iommi, man. He's a riff master. Oh God, yeah, mm -hmm. he's a riff master. He can really he can really do his thing. He can shred like no tomorrow, but the riffs are where the magic's at, in my opinion. Yeah, that's another interesting part to like the genrefication of music that I always think about is like there is obviously a distinct difference that everybody feels between punk and metal. But the further yeah. back you go, the harder it is to distinguish where that line is. Exactly. You know I mean? yeah. And that's yeah. what you end up finding a lot is like a lot of people that are into punk are into metal. Yeah. A lot of people yeah. that are into it. And sure, there are various sob genres too, like, for example, the alternative stuff too, right? Yeah. So it, like even grunge, some people argue that grunge was just over glorified punk at the time. I mean, you know, it's Kurt Cobain is famous for never saying he was a grunge musician. He always said, I'm a punk musician. There we go. Do a tour exactly. with Oddbreaker and other punk bands all the time. Yeah, exactly. totally. Yeah. I mean, the Melvins, like, where do you put them? Sonic Youth, where do you put them? You know, like grunge exactly. was kind of like a, it was, it was, a, I think I always think of it as like old people's way of going, ah, that's stuff over there, you know? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. More going, on that, but I definitely agree with that. But I was just going to say, going back to talking about, you know, how there's not as much of a line sometimes on that older stuff, early Nirvana and even early Offspring, those unreleased albums that they came out with later, I find kind of bordered that metal punk threshold yeah. quite well. They kind of straddled both sides of that line. And I, like you said, I think a lot of it came from things getting overproduced towards yeah. the 90s and aughts and they just started you know i think the stripped down sound that we had back in the day kind of just you didn't necessarily know where you like stood on all that but you, you just liked what you heard so yeah <laughs> exactly definitely yeah. exactly i always think of like you know kind of going off of what we were talking about last week with like the difference between uh like punk attitude and punk music there is a sort of attitude in the production room that makes it more punk and it's more live off the floor. You're kind of comfortable with leaving the mistakes in like that. Um, you know, uh, good riddance by, uh, by green day. I always think of like the very beginning when he yeah, fucks right, it up a couple dun, times. Dun, dun, dun. Fuck. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Like that's, 
that's the you know the comfort with like being like embarrassing yourself in front of people is kind of you know that's what the mosh pit is is like you're probably oh, going to yeah. get clocked you're probably going to hit the ground and you're going to be like oh jesus christ and everybody knows it yeah. but you know it's just about letting yourself get hit you know and that's how you know if you got a good crowd like i said last week if you got somebody that picks you up right away and gets you up off that ground you know you got a good pit to be in too yeah so. totally. oh, most definitely totally. most yeah. definitely yeah so uh what was your favorite show that you've been to ralph okay this okay. uh this last thursday i went to go watch the uh, russian circles yeah how was Russian that circles that was pretty good that was pretty good um very unique um i was really blown away by their openers resin r-e-z-z-n interesting cool yeah, yeah uh similar vibe similar vibe they're not instrumental it's more stoner based uh okay. very clean vocals working with um with some very uh grungy-esque guitar um cool. i was there with rui actually believe it or not um yeah. He um he Ruby, compared Ruby's it a lot the, to Nirvana. Uh, the front man of mute sounds. He's the kind of yeah. the, uh, the brains behind it. Our lead guitarist, the the man behind the band. Yeah. Um, he compared it a lot to Nirvana, actually. Um, cool. Very synth based though. There's a there's a synth player. He he pulls out a sax randomly throughout a bunch of songs, which I found very interesting, very unique. Oh, cool. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Pretty cool. Um, obviously, Russian circles was a was an experience man russian circles yeah. I, I had never been to like that kind of show where everything was exclusively instrumental uh mm. they didn't say a single word man but they said so much just with the instruments actually i'm wearing the shirt right now that i got down there signed by the three oh, of them nice. that's actually Very pretty nice. cool oh nice yeah, yeah. Very no cool. it was definitely worth it definitely worth it if they ever come back i do recommend like then watch a show or even if they're in your area definitely watch a show they're they're amazing so what has has there been a, a, a music show that you've seen that like like what was the one that when you saw it you were like fuck I gotta try that I gotta get on stage? There was actually uh, back in Portugal, believe it or not. Um, I had seen a show uh, in it's called Oeiras. It's um it's a city back in Portugal. Um, that was actually like I was learning guitar at the time, but it was just like dude, I gotta I want to do this. It was the most epic show I've ever seen. It was Mastodon, Metallica, and Slipknot in one day. Wow. Very nice. Yep. Damn, dude. Yeah, that was killer. That was killer. Just watching Slipknot do the jump the fuck up, you know? that that Just that climactic moment in the show, man. It just, you know, right. it, it speaks miles to somebody, you know? Like, it's so entertaining. And there's something that me and Rui and even Ben, we share that a lot. We like, we like the show. We like the yeah. show. We like, we like pulling the crowd. It's something we value right. a lot. So just so seeing something, something like you can speak to. Sorry, what maybe that's mean? something you can speak to. Like, uh, because you've been on stage and uh, there's, a, there's a unique thing that happens when you play instrumental music where um, there's no words for people to like, words kind of create the story of the song. So if you cut those out, it's kind of open to interpretation. And so you have to have something for people to watch. There has to be something more to the step performance. Back one step real quick. Um, sure. Me and John are familiar with mute sounds through Ben, but people at home might not be as much. I don't that's know if you want to kind of talk about what that's about real quick and then get more into the Of course. Thing. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, so, do you want to give a brief, Ralph? Mute sounds. Shout out to my brothers, Louise and Rui, that are most likely watching today. And Katie, yep. our band manager. She's amazing. The yep. boss lady, man. We love her. Um, so Mute Sounds, what happened? Um, it was founded by our brother Rui Pedro, lead guitarist, um, years back after he, uh, he lost his voice to throat cancer. So uh, essentially what's happening there is uh, he decided to set up a band that would serve as his voice. So it's, it's what I keep joking around with a bunch of people. Like cancer couldn't shut him up, basically. <laughs> cancer could not <laughs> shut this guy up. He's a force of nature. He really is a force yeah, of nature, is. and he's an inspiration to all of us. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, he just decided to make this band from scratch, wrote a bunch of songs, put out two amazing albums, and then one day he just decides, you know what? I want to I want to start a band with this, you know? And uh, it started basically with me at the time. I went to go visit him one day, and uh, it, it was a work thing, you know? I had intended to do something work-related with him, and... Um, he just came to me and goes, hey, I'm looking to start a band with this. And I'm like, 
yeah, man, I'll definitely go check that out. And he just comes up to me and goes, you want to join us? And I'm like, what a minute, we? What? <laughs> and I'm just going, you know, uh, okay, yeah, sure, let me think about it. Needless to say, I've been in the band ever since. It's um, It's been a great pleasure to see how it evolved from us playing in some guy's garage back in the early days, you know, and now yeah. we're just like, we're all over Toronto now. We have an album coming out. All the musicians get their input in it. We have uh, Rui, who's an amazing, amazing songwriter. But uh, yeah, we yeah. also have songs now from other members, which is going to be pretty amazing, too. And yeah, uh, I, yeah it's, I, sorry, go I ahead. I would ben. say that this is this is the first. Uh, so Rui uh, wrote all the music and played all the instruments and everything for the uh, the previous two albums. Um, yeah. But there is the some fighters, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but there is something unique uh, that happens when you start bringing other people into the mix, um, especially like, you know, what I what I received in February when I joined the band was just basically a bunch of guitar tracks. Uh, and there was and I asked him, like, is there a particular direction that you want to go with these? He's like, nope. He's like, whatever you think would work would work. And I wrote a whole bunch of notes and sent it to him. And then we started going from there. Uh, and the writing process was one of the most collaborative I've ever experienced. Like he was very, everybody had their, their input and we tried everything once before we uh, uh, approach it. And that was very much what I think of as the punk mentality as well. You know, even though we're not really making punk music, although the new album, we have, we have quite oh, yeah. the, the, the diversity of music. It's, um, it's definitely not the same as the previous two. in in that sense though, no. it's, it's definitely pointed somewhere definitely pointed yeah, I, somewhere I agree. I agree and there's definitely a voice yeah um so uh since you since we've been playing on stage with with uh you know this purely instrumental music you have kind of taken the responsibility of being the uh one of the uh the spectacles on stage right so yeah, i agree i was wondering <laughs> can you speak to like um the visual elements of music particularly the live show and like how that uh gets the crowd going and kind of like creates a vibe of its own well the visual element well for starters Rui's, Rui's an amazing showman as we both know Rui's an amazing showman he will not let the fact that it's purely instrumental keep it from being a spectacle yeah he's um he does everything, like from soloing to the middle of the crowd. You know, he's not afraid to. Yeah, go into he'll the literally of the crowd walk out in the middle of the crowd and solo in front of like the people oh, yeah. who are dancing. Oh yeah, it's, it's a blast. It's amazing, and people are into that kind of stuff. It's it's amazing. Yeah. From pulling people to like sing certain parts of like a, an instrumental song, we've had people sing certain parts of a of a song. You know, um, specifically, uh, I address the crowd a lot. I like to talk to the crowd a lot too. It's it's something. There's something magical about interacting with the crowd. I love hecklers, for example. I love hecklers. Uh, <laughs> hecklers will make my day. I will, like, after the show, go to somebody who was heckling the band, and I'll go, dude, I fucking love you. <laughs> it's amazing. No, uh, yeah, it, it's that kind of thing that shows that a show isn't rehearsed, you know? Mm -hmm. It's real. It's authentic. And there's that mindset to punk, too, where something people want to feel something real. Basically, and that's what Mute Sounds gives. Every every single show, there's something different. There's something that pulls a crowd, you know, and there's always something special. Even yeah, if it's just sure. how the crowd interacts with us. Yeah. Yeah, there is sort of like a call and answer element to music that uh, I think if you're not on stage, it's hard to it's hard to experience. Um, but like we are as much beholden to the crowd as they are to us, you know, Um there is sort of a feedback that happens. And if, uh, like, I mean, as an example, uh, the first Mute Sound show that I saw you guys at Lee's Palace, it was your very first show. And uh, the very beginning started, like the first song, the intro was a little rough. And yes, I've been there. I've I've been on that, on, on the, the, the drum side when that happens. And it's really hard to rebuild it's like climbing uphill with a pack on your back. Like you really have to struggle to, to get to the next level. So Definitely. because once the crowd thinks you suck, like 
mm-hmm. you have to really <laughs> fight to get their trust again you know definitely um, uh what would you say is like the the value of of fucking up in front of a crowd of people well i think the value of fucking up in front of a crowd of people that's an interesting one that you put there actually that's a very good question i think that kind of measures the band in a way Mm. because uh one of my first gigs with rui i I actually wouldn't consider at least palace we did a live stream at links there were a bunch of like there were a bunch of like it was murphy's law that day man i mean rui didn't like his amp um bobby the previous drummer he did a few screw-ups that we had to try and mask you know but end of the day that was the moment that i learned that we got to help each other Mm. we got to help each other we got to help each other mask any kind of mistakes any kind of screw-ups which is exactly what happened at least palace we moved forward we kept going we kept trying to fix each other you know um the thing about making a mistake and a lot of people don't value that but uh the mistake happens, but how you come back from it, it's, it's fucking amazing how, how that can make a hell of a difference. Yeah. It really is. It really is. Um, that day, we just kept going. We just kept going. We knew we had a show to make, you know. There, I, I do another example, The Painted Lady. Mm. The Painted Lady, where I broke a string on yeah. my electric. That's right. And that was, a, that was an awkward stage, too, because the drum kit's in a box. I yeah, I Ben really had no idea what was going properly. on, right? He was just in the back. Yeah. So I break a string, middle of the song, and Rui, Ben, and Louise know me already. If I break a string, and if it doesn't compensate to switch guitars, I'm going to keep playing. Mm. I'm going to keep playing. Yeah. Uh, nothing goes out of tune. Nothing, nothing screws over. It is what it is, right? Um, but... Um, yeah, I just keep moving, you know, that's that's just how I go. But at that point, we're just like, what happens now? Because I had my guitar downstairs and I just go to Rui and I'm like, let's right. do the acoustic song now, you know, mm. let's do the acoustic song now. I had the acoustic right beside me. It just made sense. It, 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 it's a lot about how you bounce back from the screw ups. Right. Yeah. You got to adapt. Definitely. Definitely. I agree. That's one benefit that I think live shows and um, music have over m- many other arts. If I put out a comic mm. book where I made a huge mistake and it sucked, oh, yeah. you're not gonna, there's no opportunity to gain back a person that's reading that and is like, oh, it was bad. I disagree, though. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Remember the, the whole Ben Riley saga with Spider Man? Yeah. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> oh, damn, dude. <laughs> oh, I Mark mean, is a little different they, than me. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right, but they bounce back pretty well on that, actually. You know, they're yeah, like, I mean, we Spider-Man take it back. Was- yeah, we take it back. Yeah. He was the real Peter Parker the whole time, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean they're famous for doing that, but people still trust them. Yeah, I yeah. mean that—that's the thing, a, right? We have a we have a comment. There oh, hey, Rui. Buddy. Thanks, buddy. Oh, that's so sweet. Oh, well, I mean, Rui, he's amazing, man. Rui's an amazing guy. He's an amazing yeah, guy I mean, for sure, man. He can say that, but there ain't no mute sounds without Rui Pedro. So you know, yeah, I mean we're helping. But you know, Rui's Rui, man. Yeah, Rui's Rui for sure. He's uh, yeah. he's a very special guy. He's a very special guy for sure. Yeah, and like, it, this is another thing I wanted to to talk to you about is, you know, mute sounds isn't I wouldn't call us punk rock. No, we're not. But, but we approach it with that attitude. Rui like, is the most punk rock guy I know, man. <laughs> right. Yeah, Rui is the most um, punk rock guy I know. I got to be honest with you here. He came out. He comes out with this attitude where if somebody goes to him and says you can't do it, he says, "Well, fuck it, I'll do it anyways." <laughs> yeah, that is very yeah. true. You know, he can't sing, so fuck it, I'll do a band that'll be my voice. You know, uh, you know, I, I break a string. Fuck it, we'll just we'll just move forward to a song where we can play next. You know, or it, it, he has a lot of this fuck it attitude, and it's very contagious. You know. It's very contagious yeah, in that sense. No, a lot, people, and, a lot of people will say fuck cancer, but like he took it to another level, it seems. Right. Oh, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. 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 He's an inspiration to all of us for sure, man. Yeah. And and you know, the that's I think that's the mentality that I look for in my bands. I don't really care if, if it's heavy or uh or chill or uh if it has a strong message. It's like the people in the room and the, like the approach they have to the performance 
means so much more than than uh, the particular style of music. And I think that's like kind of a thing that's always been the case, you know, uh, especially in punk rock, like almost every great like hardcore fast, you know, balls to the wall punk band has like a soulful song or like a, a chill ballad of some kind. Like there is almost like, definitely versatility to the, to the whole thing. Actually, uh, I dare mention that a lot of them, I guess that's where my appeal to folk comes too. A lot of them are very folk based. If you look at it, have you listened it's to true. bad religions, acoustic stuff rise against, Yes. you know, right. Heck even, um, I dare argue that even My Chemical Romance has some very folky stuff in acoustic. Mm -hmm. No, yeah, there's, so, a, there's uh, definitely a... Sorry, go ahead. Uh, let's talk about your, your folk uh, background. So uh, you're, you're currently at practice right now, aren't you? Yeah, I'm playing with the Midsummers right now. Um, we're getting our, uh, our show together. We're getting an EP release as well. We're, we're releasing an EP called Silhouettes. Mm -hmm. And this Friday, actually, our first single's coming out. It's called You. Yeah, oh, big shout cool. out to my bandmates over there. I think they're playing right now, but I guess they'll be listening to this afterwards. Yeah, I literally <laughs> just said, guys, I have a podcast. And, oh, Mr. Big Shot over here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but we have that happening. We're very excited because this is going to be the first, uh, the first actual release of the band. Uh, when I started, uh, I mean, Alex, the lead singer, she's like an amazing songwriter. And I don't think she had an idea about what she had going on in terms of songs, but there's something very unique about her. Uh, yeah. Very, very talented musicians with us as well. Uh, we have Corey as well, who's an amazing musician. He studied music at Humber. He, uh, cool. he, he likes the, the he, he listens to things that a lot of people wouldn't listen to. I find that very inspiring too. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's definitely something to look out for the midsummers. It's uh it's gonna be um it's gonna be uh it's gonna be something. It's gonna be something How interesting. How would you describe sure. music? There's a folk aspect to it. There's a very much indie folk as well, very uh very much inspired by the Lumineers. There's a bit of a poppy <laughs> aspect to it. Uh lead singers very inspired to in stuff like Taylor Swift, for example. But cool. um there's definitely like this poppy aspect to it, but there's a lot of this uh, folkiness as well. There's a lot of uh, Canadian references. There's Algonquin Island mentioned in the song, for example. Uh, she has a cottage up north where she gets a lot of her inspiration from as well. She likes to write things about Canada as well. Yeah, it's, uh, but it's very, very much folky. Like, don't let the poppiness fool you. <laughs> and where cool. we'll be able to find this on Bandcamp and that kind of stuff, or Spotify at the moment. Uh, okay. We're considering Bandcamp. Um, you can also check us out on Instagram if you look up the Midsummers and Facebook. Perfect. But essentially, the EP right now is being considered only exclusively for Spotify. Cool. Okay. Cool. Um, so that's quite a range of of styles and influences that you bring to the table. So, like, how would you say that they inform each other? Like, you do bring. Uh, like a, a punk attitude and a punk uh, energy to a lot of the music and mute sounds, but there's also a lot of other stuff that comes in there as well. I, I you know, I, speaking for myself, I'm a metal guy, I'm a punk guy, but I also have jazz. You know, I was in jazz bands playing saxophone when I was in high school, and like I definitely have that like boom, -ch -da -boom, -ch -da -boom -ch -da yeah, every once in a while coming in. Well, yeah, that's basically it. I, I had a folk upbringing, believe it or not. I was living in Portugal. Uh, you didn't have access to a lot of things. You didn't exactly have a punk band in your next door neighborhood. You know, like you didn't have anything within a 10 kilometer radius, you know? So yeah. I had to make do with what I had. So I joined a Portuguese folk group. That's where I actually learned to play guitar. I had a really nice mentor down there called Antonio Silva. Um, he, uh, he taught me how to play folk guitar amazingly well, you know, and I learned to value a lot of the lessons he gave me. Uh, to the point where I started learning exotic instruments like the Portuguese guitar and the mandolin, right? And uh, applying that stuff to Portuguese folk kind of led me to explore other variations of folk. Um, I started listening to things like Bob Dylan, Woody Guthrie. Woody Guthrie, to me, believe it or not, he's the first punk, in my opinion. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's pretty hard to, I mean, to argue otherwise. I mean, he was the first guy that said the system doesn't work. Fuck it. You know, he was the first yep. guy to like write something on a guitar that, you know, put a politician like, you know, it, it, it insulted politicians, but it also put the system to its knees, you know? Yep. Yeah. His voice really spoke miles, in my opinion. 
Yeah. But I started listening I a lot to Woody Guthrie, um, and that led me to the more modern folk, actually, very much so. I started listening to things like the Lumineers of Monsters and Men, uh, Mumford and Sons, which a lot of people don't enjoy, which but it's like perfectly fine because honestly, it's very inspirational if you listen to it properly, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I that that actually that's a really good point. Like, there's a lot of music that. Uh, I think it's socially acceptable to talk shit about. Exactly. Um, you know, and there's some stuff that's sacred too that you can't really like, you know, like I, I'm just going to put it out there. I don't really listen to the Beatles. I like their shit when I hear it, but they're not a band that I was like, I have to listen to all their stuff. When I listened to them, I, you know, I always felt like so much stuff had come after the Beatles that had kind of emulated them that I felt like I'd heard them already, you know? Um, I agree. Beatles feels like yeah. proto everything sometimes. Yeah, that's just totally. my that's just my opinion. It feels like proto everything. It's for okay. Sure. Like for example, I, I argue that my a lot of my folk upbring, upbringing, you know, a lot of it went through, for example, Blackbird. Hmm. You know, <laughs> yeah, uh, a lot. But a lot of it went through like listening to stuff like the Rolling Stones acoustic stuff. You know, and yeah. you know, you got to listen to that stuff to understand where people come from sometimes. Yeah, but, so that's where I was yeah. going with this. I, I was I was curious if you could uh uh like maybe we could have a conversation about um you know listening to stuff that you've been told isn't good and maybe even stuff that at first glance you don't enjoy just to see what people are interested in, like what the value is. Like I try I try to do this with Nickelback. You know, every time I hear that Nickelback has a new album out, I'll give a couple songs to listen just to be like, okay. You know, it's like eating <laughs> McDonald's. <laughs> it's like oh, maybe boy. the new McRave is good. <laughs> oh boy. Well, we had a talk yesterday. We had a talk yesterday. We talked about you too. Yeah, we did. We yeah, did we talk did. about you too. <laughs> yeah. We everybody hates you too, right? I mean, Songs of Innocence, holy hell, that was the worst album. In, I mean, I, I'm sorry, but that was a mess, man. But I still what if I told you that there are, there's a punk punk uh, punk mentality to you too? Sell me on it. <laughs> Sunday, bloody Sunday. Yeah, some of the old stuff mm. was for sure yeah. had that punk mentality. And they just, yeah, like a lot of bands, they started out in an interesting head spot and then ended up just cramming all their stuff onto our iPods. It, it there we happened. go. That's Where the bad. streets have no name has, like, to my in my opinion, is just about living in a city, man. I mean, it's uh, it's just super, like, inspirational to me, you know? Yeah. There's stuff like... This one's a bit fairly recent, and it's probably not the best example. But the Saints are coming from with that they did with Green Day. Hmm. I I haven't heard that one. Um, it's about uh, it, it was a song they did for the New Orleans uh, hurricane relief. Okay. It's really it's a really nice song to listen to. Obviously, they did it with Green Day, right? But it it just shows that they have something to say. You know, yeah, and a lot of the punk mentality, and a lot of people like I argue that punk isn't a sound; it's more of a mindset. Yeah, that's it's kind more of a mindset. Yeah, and it's kind of what we're we're talking about here. Exactly, um, and that's where I'm going with this. Um, you you have something to say, and if it's not getting out properly, you're gonna have to scream it out. That's what punk is, in my opinion. Mm. You know, uh, it's. Like, regardless if it's, like, someone saying cancer can't stop me or regardless if somebody's saying the system's screwing me over, you know? Yeah. But the mentality is if someone's not listening, I'll scream it out. Yeah, that's true. So with that in mind, what would you say is the band that you would consider the kind of the definition of the punk mentality you're describing? I'm pretty sure there's a, an older band to use as an example right now, but Rise Against. Okay. Yeah. So what? Uh, what in particular is it? Is it that uh, that? Or even or even Rage Against the Machine because Rage Against the Machine goes very mm. much hand in hand with Rise Against. But let me use Rise Against because I'm I'm a big fan of theirs. Yeah. Um, Rise Against. They have a bunch of political messages. Sure, they a lot of them can be very one-sided at times. But there are moments, like, for example, the song Make It Stop. I don't know if anyone's familiar with that one. Where no, it's a song about bullying, but it's, it's very much pointed to uh, alternative sexuality and people being bullied due to their sexuality. Mm -hmm. 
you know? And it was something that left a lot of people on the fence at the time. This was like 10 years ago, mind you. You know, gender fluidity wasn't wasn't probably, if it was, it was very, very recent, you know? Yeah. And hearing stuff like make it stop, you know, a lot of people like were wondering what the hell's going on here, right? But they were addressing something that nobody had addressed before, you know? That's Where true. sexuality can be like, sexuality is a very personal thing. It's it's my opinion, right? I, I'm not somebody to talk about that kind of stuff, but um, ha them addressing that was one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. And they actually showed that they had something to say at that point, which I found very interesting. Yeah. A lot of um, a lot of the early Nirvana, like the music wasn't about that, but I, I know for a fact that Kurt Cobain at the time was very much supportive of that movement too. Yeah. There was a lot of uh, Nirvana in particular. I think something that I've always tried to kind of understand the equation that made Nirvana uh, great and not just famous. They were actually great. And I think it was exactly. that they were speaking to teenagers about what it was like to be uh, to not see yourself reflected in the culture that surrounds you and uh, how to like uh, be yourself in spite of it. You know, Kirk and that's something that we actually... all needed to hear. Yeah. Yeah. Kurt Cobain's actually an idol of mine because of that. Because yeah. he was the first I think person he's up that there with brought... David Bowie. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. It's not about, and a lot of people fail to recognize this. It's not about his quality as a guitarist. It's about what he represented, you know? Mm -hmm. It's about what he represented. And he was probably the first person to bring inclusivity into punk rock, in my opinion. Really? You know? Okay. Or, I mean, it's not that. It's more of a, you can be you, but you're welcome here, you know? Yeah, Come he, as you I are. would say maybe he widened the tent, yeah. right? Widened it. Okay, yeah, I, I'll agree with yeah. widened. I'll agree yeah. with widened because early SoCal Punk was basically that. I mean, back in the 80s where, like, it was a bunch of kids, you know, similar to me, you know? Weren't athletic, yeah. weren't popular, like, weren't smart, you know? So what were they doing? They were going to watch the punk show down on CBGB, for example, you know? Right, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I can definitely see that aspect where probably Kurt Cobain kind of broadened it more. Yeah, I can definitely agree. Yeah. Totally. You guys got any questions? I'd um, say uh, you talked about how, you know, obviously Mute Sounds isn't exactly punk, but what would you say this new album, what's the spectrum you hit? Like how ooh. wide of a spectrum is that sound going to be that we're, we can expect on that new full length from you guys? You can expect ethnic music. Cool. Hmm. ethnic music a lot of people won't recognize it at the point but we're very inspired in portuguese music because me and rui are both portuguese yeah. so you can expect a lot of uh portuguese inspirations moving in on that a lot of it you won't recognize a lot of it you i won't gotta recognize, say that but, that's sorry, that's something ahead. that i really love uh about being in this band is my favorite thing about making music with other people is when they uh, force me into uh, a, a territory rhythmically that I'm not comfortable with or not confident with. And I have to like, it's like, I can, I can feel the cells in my brain starting to go, uh Oh, what, what are we doing here? You know what I mean? Exactly. <laughs> it's so much fun. Like in the middle of a song, I like so many times I've just been like, fuck, oh, God damn it. I don't know how to do this. <laughs> I have to, yeah. Like, Ben's know, early rehearsals were something like he'd, he'd never seen probably me play with a Portuguese guitar until our show in The Painted Lady. Nope. So I come out with this guitar he hasn't heard before and he kind of has to wing it, which I found pretty incredible at the time. <laughs> yeah. Well, I but, mean, you're a good player, so it wasn't hard for me, you know, but. Oh, thanks, man. Thanks, man. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Um, there's a lot of ethnic music to it. A lot of, uh, we're doing this thing that's, uh, it sounds like ska, but it's not ska, it's bimba. It's basically yeah. Portuguese pop, where it has a lot of a ska beat to it. So uh, we have a lot of that. Um, there's this part in a, in a song that Rui plays at the end. Uh, it's called Escape from Reality. The end of that, it has this very uh, 80s techno beat going on as well that I mm. find very interesting. Cool. Uh, I argue that it's very much Portuguese-based because there was an alternative rock singer at the time that sounds a lot like what that is. Mm. Um, but yeah, uh, I definitely argue that there's a lot of the Portuguese aspect in our music. Yeah, I think I, I think um, 
particularly like the uh, the inspiration and uh, and you know that I'm bringing uh, to it is uh, the, the album's called Resilience. Okay. And yes. so like we all we're all looking through each song uh, through the lens of like how to create that emotion with sound, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and so a lot of the music is uh, uh, very triumphant um, and uh, it has intensity to it, but it's not anger. It's like a sort of like persistence. Um, it's like it's like running a marathon where you just have to stay focused but you can't if you if you start getting agitated, it's going to it's going to uh, start messing with you. So you have to just stay in the zone. And that's kind of the approach that I'm uh, kind of looking at it through. Cool. And it seems going, everybody I else is doing agree. the same thing. Going yeah. I definitely that, agree. There's this kind of like uh, wanting to overcome throughout the whole album, for sure. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah, there's definitely that feeling. There's a wanting to come out on top, wanting to uh, wanting to stay firm. Okay. Especially rising up to adversity. I, 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 I associate this album a lot with fighting adversity. Now, do mm -hmm. you, like, since it is instrumental and you said you come at each song with a certain kind of feel to it, do you actually, I've never really thought about, like, connecting something like that to a feel. And do you have any kind of, like, emotion that you attach to like say okay so track three is going to be coming from an angry place or uh you know anything like that or is there stories behind any of these songs that are being told through music i guess i'm i'm kind of a noob i'm not a musician no so that's that's a that's sorry. that's a yeah. that's a brilliant question and actually ralph one of the songs on the album uh you wrote so yes i did um yeah uh it's called masquerade so like what what is that song in particular uh like what was the message you were trying to get across because that's especially well, difficult with no lyrics, right? You have to kind of create yes. a room and fill it with some stuff through music. I I actually wrote this song back in 2014. I was still in Portugal at the time. Um, I had just been uh, diagnosed with social anxiety disorder at the time. Um, so it's basically in my head, that song in particular, it's how I handle anxiety. You know, mm. a lot of this song is... And it's called Masquerade specifically because of that. Um, it's basically how I envision being in a public setting. Okay. Mm. It's how I envision being in a public setting, you know, sense of belonging, sense of uh, if I should be there, if I should not be there, if I belong there, if people even want me there. And it becomes this whole game in your head, you know, and it kind of feels like you're dancing with your mind a bit, mm. you know? Yeah. And actually, the song's in 6-8, which is kind of an alternative to the standard waltz thing. It's basically me having a waltz with my mind. Okay. Yeah. That's kind of cool. That's yeah. So yeah. That's, that's where I came from that perspective. That's what Masquerade's all about. And obviously, masks, because on the outside, I feel like I'm okay, right? I look like I'm okay, but in my head, I'm really not. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It, that's, that's just the feeling. That's, that's, that's anxiety for me, you know? Yeah. So mm -hmm. that's that's where I came from that perspective, though. I do argue that in this album, certain songs, it, it's like every album Rui puts out, honestly. Every song could have a story. Some of them do, some of them don't. There's not a real, like, rule to songwriting. In this particular mm -hmm. one, I did write it about anxiety. I did write it about my struggles, personal struggles. Um, yeah, it was just a very personal song for me at the time. Um, so having social anxiety, um, do you find that that uh, messes with you when you get on stage and all these people are looking at you? Or do you find that there's something therapeutic about it? Because it's kind of weird to f have social anxiety and just decide to get on a stage with three of your friends and just like bare your soul, you know? <laughs> well, it's funny you mentioned that. Uh, before I knew I had this, you know, I I was already playing. I was already performing. I had started a band with my friends back in Portugal called the Headstalkers at the time. It was originally supposed to be a punk band, believe it or not. Um, so I was performing was always a big part of my life. You know, I had never really questioned if it was like something that would mess with me, though. In my head, there's always that thing behind my mind. You know, do I is the crowd into it? You know, do I belong there or people like? listening you know and you know i don't know there's just some sort of um there's definitely this uh thing in the back of my mind but when you when you hear the crowd get into it you know like you hear 
you hear Ben doing the beat, you know, you have Rui, like, really excited. Rui does this thing where he does, like, this Prince smirk when he's really into it, you know? Yeah. He does, like, this upper lip thing where it's, like, you know, when he gets in on that, you know, it, it just clears my mind, you know? It, and I just go with it. That's great. And sure, at the end of the day, I do ask myself, you know, did the concert go okay? Did the concert not go okay? You know? And For sure. Sometimes I do need to listen to myself because I'm so focused in my playing that I'm not, like... You know, uh, I, I'm not 100% on the quality sometimes, so I do need to listen over and over again. But yeah. there's definitely, like, uh, hell yeah, I get to do this every day, you know? So there's no yeah. real question about it. You said you learned how to play guitar as like as part of a band. Um, how how about old were you about then? I was 14. And you started listening to punk music at 6. What did you do with that energy between then? <laughs> a lot of it a lot of it went into uh working in a bakery with my parents oh, cool. you know a lot of it went into um i was singing in a choir actually believe it or not from nine to ten actually i have a i had a music teacher back in uh i was in saint nicholas of berry catholic school down in uh rogers and uh rogers in caledonia hmm. in toronto yeah in toronto yes yeah um she was actually the first person that probably saw some level of musicality in me, quite honestly. Hmm. Uh, she invited me to join uh, the junior choir at the time, and I became like the main singer there. And she always kind of like came in with some Elvis or even the Beatles, you know, and she really came with a unique perspective on music. She came with some Bob Dylan every once in a while, and I didn't know it at the time. When I would grow up, I would come to see these songs hit me in the face, and I'd be like, oh, so that's what that's about, you know? Right. So, uh during that time, yeah, I was definitely, uh, there was definitely some singing. There was definitely some, some growing up, you know. I had to move to mm -hmm. Portugal when I was 12. During then, I, uh, since then, I was basically like, my parents opened a bakery. I was helping them out, working. Uh, and that was basically my life until uh, the guitar came into it. Do you, uh, do you think that that, uh, that experience when you were young is uh, helping kind of like, keep you on the path as a musician there's definitely a level of discipline that i learned hmm. level of discipline uh a lot of what i learned there was a lot of straight smarts <laughs> you know yeah a lot of be true to yourself my dad uh my dad uh, unfortunately he's deceased but he always taught me that a hard-working man is an honest man you know and to always yeah. be true to your principles and yeah. i feel like i'm being true to myself and being in this band um, now I know this, uh, and, uh, you know, uh, feel, feel free to, to, to stop me here, but I know that, um, when Rui came to you to, uh, to play guitar and mute sounds, uh, you had taken a break from music and that was partly connected to, uh, the passing of your father. So I was curious if you wanted to talk about how music can be, uh, healing and how you've been able to kind of use it as a, as a means of of uh working through emotions as well because i know that's what Actually, we all did when we were kids right that's why we got into music yeah there's definitely a healing thing um i call the phase of me figuring out if i wanted to join mute sounds i call it soul searching a bit mm. i went through a bit of a soul searching phase where i was playing guitar and i was just listening to myself and how i felt about it you know, mm. uh, at the time, besides like the fact that I had lost my father, there was this huge feeling of me not being good enough to be in a band. Sometimes mm. there was a lot of me second guessing myself. There was a lot of me second guessing my quality as a musician. I think everybody kind of goes through that phase once in a lifetime, you know, For sure. um, but there's definitely this aspect of um, me looking for myself and trying to find myself and Honestly, Rui wrote the song Finding Myself at the time, you know, and um, when we started playing that song is where I kind of felt everything click and it just made sense that I was meant to be there, you know, mm. it was just that first time that we played that song. That was where the soul searching phase kind of ended to me, you know, and it was just like, it makes sense. It makes sense that I'm here. It makes sense that we're doing this now, you know, and there's definitely something magical about that song. I'll always consider that song a very big song of ours. Yeah, yeah. 
I felt the same when I started playing drums myself, actually, because, you know, I play drums. I was always fascinated by drums, as, uh, like even from an early age. My mom tells me, I don't even remember doing this, but she said even when mm -hmm. I was like one year old, I would take the pots and pans and the wooden spoons and I would start like I put them down on the <laughs> kitchen uh, floor and tap away at them. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's always been a part of me. But, you know, I didn't play drums until I was 27. And it was like I had listened to and practiced and studied the drums for years and years and never got a chance to actually play them. And then I sat down behind a drum kit and I really felt like I was home. You know, it yeah. felt like a place yeah. I'd been looking for for a long time. And, uh, you know, it was it was that that I had like figured out the way that I wanted to express things, you know, uh, so musically. Uh, what do you what are you hoping to express through the music you make? Interesting you mentioned that. I asked you a question like that a few weeks ago. <laughs> so that's what, is that payback yep. then? <laughs> yeah, payback's a bitch, dude. <laughs> um, with the music I make. You know what? It's like I say, Kurt Cobain's a big idol of mine. I just mm. want the next person to listen to feel like they're accepted. They're a part of something, you know, much like I feel like I'm a part of something bigger than myself with mute sounds or much like I feel like I'm I'm doing something great with the Midsummers, you know, I want a kid to feel accepted with the music I make. I don't want them to see like, oh, you know, this song's about this person having lost his father or this person's about this person like handling their mental illness. You know, you don't want it. You don't want to. As an artist, you don't want to have that label. Like a lot of people ask Dave Grohl a lot of times if a song's about losing Kurt Cobain. Yeah. You yeah. know? It's true. And quite honestly, I think he kind of outgrew that, you know? It's like, guys, just just let it go. Definitely. This song's just about this, you know? Right. And I don't like those kind of labels. I just want to let the next person know that regardless of whatever they are, man, my music has a place for them. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Any other questions from you guys? I think this was this was a good hour. Yeah, I think yeah, that was about I it. Agree. I agree. And do. when is when is when is the album coming out from Mute Sounds? Oh yeah, the we have an album release uh, on December seventh. Okay. Um, you're gonna listen yeah, to the some bovine. amazing songs. Rise okay. is the first song that we ever wrote together as a group. That song has been with us for a while. That'll be coming out very soon. We mm -hmm. just heard some uh, some of the backbone of it, and we're really excited about what's about to come awesome. with that. Yeah, it's yeah. I would it's, say it's that definitely. this album uh, is truly uh, a four piece in in terms of the previous Mute Sounds albums had different instruments, but now it's four minds coming together, and Most definitely. Uh, and it, it has that feeling. It has that presence to it. I'm really, really excited for people to hear it. And uh, we get oh, to yeah. play with the Rumble Sons and Howling Gales, who are two amazing bands. Awesome. awesome. They're just awesome. awesome. Yeah. They're, they're uh, amazing guys. Rumble Sons are from Ireland, uh, but they've chosen Toronto as their home base. And right. uh, they make just awesome, uh, you know, Irish, UK style rock and roll. Um, and they got, they got just a wicked energy on stage uh they remind me of like what it would be like to see a show in the 90s you know when i was a little kid and uh and then the uh the other band helen gales uh they're i mean i i wouldn't even know what how to describe like their genre they're kind of all over the place yeah um, they don't have a specific setting do they no they don't uh you know they yeah they cover kind of everything and and they the, even their original music is really unique. It's really in its own kind of universe, but definitely got a lot of folk elements to it. Oh yeah, um, yeah, definitely. very cool. Cool, very, I'll very have to cool look band. them up too. And, and yeah, very excited to hear the new album from you guys. Yeah. Oh, yeah. thank you, thank you. Awesome. Okay. Well, thanks for joining us, man. This has been great. Yeah. Oh man, I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thanks for coming. On. Okay. Yeah. Okay, guys. Uh, yeah. Either of you guys got anything? um not really no, i mean you know I, what um, he told he told just... you guys everything i've been doing so <laughs> yeah 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 i didn't say the dirty stuff though <laughs> have me back i'll tell i'll tell all, all of ben's dirty Keep that stuff. on the dl dude 
<laughs> no, 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 no. We're going to keep this real. Have me back next time. I'm talking about the, Ben's dark side here. <laughs> <laughs> next time okay. on What's Bout After Dark, we'll be talking about... Well, anyways, guys, uh, yeah, I do have, uh, we do have our first single with the Midsummers coming out this Friday. Keep an eye out for that. Um, we also have a uh, EP release show coming out on December 9th. It's going to Great. be uh, in our rehearsal space, the uh, the famous church. Uh, there's awesome. definitely going to be an announcement coming out shortly for that. So uh, keep on a lookout for that, okay? Absolutely. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Thanks, okay. man. Thanks. Thanks. Have a good one, guys. You, you too. too. Thanks you for too. having me. Bye. Well, thank you. Peace, man. Um, all right. That was, that that was, was great. great. Yeah, Ralph was a great yeah. guy. He's, he's good people, man. I could tell. Um, I just want to mention that um, Blister is now available on Amazon. Woo! Finally got that book all shipped to its backers, and uh, it's out in the world. So You won. You're famous. <laughs> and starts, I won uh, a T-shirt from yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, one of the last raffles. raffles. So I was super excited to get a T-shirt. We raffled that, two things. So. One was a hat and one was a T-shirt. Nice. T-shirt. <laughs> I feel like there might have been a little nepotism, but I'm just kidding. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was super stoked to get that. So thank you very much. Yeah. Um, and then we have, um, we've gotten Muxbout on basically every platform that we could find. If you want to see it on something, let us know and we'll get it there. But um, we could also use some subscribes, some subscriptions. Yes. Subscribes. Um, particularly when it comes to YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. You can see the live show as soon as it broadcasts. You'll get the notification. Um, but any platform at all, um, we just love to see you return. And uh, yeah, anywhere. Yep. Would be amazing. And, I'll, and I'll... here's the thing: like w this is brand new, but I think uh, you know, just in the last couple of weeks, I would say like we've all really had a had a good meeting of the minds. We've we've got uh, now we've got kind of a vibe for how this is going. We got some really sweet guests coming up, like. I'm very excited for for where this is going, uh, just, in, it, it, you know, leading into the end of 2022, but moving into 2023 as well. I'm very excited. So, yeah. like, if you're watching this and you and you like punk music, um, what I would say is you got you got to support the local shit that's happening if you want to to bring some some awareness to this. Yep. And like clicking a button is like the easiest shit you can do and tell your friends because uh the more people know about us, then the more the easier it is for us to get really cool people to talk to. And That's honestly, great. if you have a story and you want to be on the show, we're yeah. we're looking for guests. Um, we have a bunch lined up, and we have a bunch uh, in the on the on a list, but there's not a whole lot solid right now. So if if you have a band and you have a story you want to tell, we're 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 not just there's not like any kind of tears where we have we have a couple bigger guests coming up, but this we're you know we'll take any yeah that's got a good story and yeah that's why that's why i qualified it with cool people and not famous <laughs> people because right, cool exactly. people and famous people aren't the same shit like <laughs> i don't care if you play for 10 people if you're cool i want to talk to you you know absolutely yeah and i was gonna say if uh, we can ever figure out how to play music and not get our ass suit off we'd <laughs> love to figure that out so if anybody mm -hmm. in the audience knows how to play music and not have to deal with the copyright lawyer suing us feel free to shoot us a line because we'd love to hear it so yeah we do yeah, have any in, of those uh, punk rock lawyers out there let us know yeah right <laughs> <laughs> in uh in december we have um, josh from smoking popes coming on and he's gonna yep. form some music for us on the show oh, that's awesome um, it won't make it onto the audio podcast for legal reasons i think but we will definitely have it on our youtube channel um, so YouTube is a really great place to subscribe. We only have a handful of subscribers right now on there. So um, building that up would be really nice. Yeah. For totally. everybody. Yep. Yeah. I'm excited about the next one too. We get to talk to uh, Joan Smith and the Jane Doe's. Uh, <laughs> I, I met her at, uh, at bitch fest uh, this, this last um, winter and uh, they played an amazing show and they're all over the place here uh, in, uh, in Ontario in particular. Um, but, uh, they got a really wicked, unique sound. It's like desert rock mixed with punk rock. Uh, yeah, thoroughly excited to talk to her, particularly about what it's like to be, uh, a female fronted band in the punk scene, because it's such a different, uh, experience, you know, I can't wait for that because I feel like there's been so many strong female punk 
bands popping up over the last handful of years. Um, yep. And or if they haven't been popping up, they've just gotten more light shine on them. They they have a stronger message a lot of the time. And yes, I'm, they do. So yeah. that'd be really interesting to hear more about from that perspective. Yeah. For sure. Cool. Well, anything else? I think we're good, right? Yeah, I think uh Wicked. I think <laughs> fulfilled our <Right>. duties. <laughs> Till next time. I agree. <laughs> Thank you guys. Have a good Thanks one, everybody. Always a pleasure. Subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> Subscribe, you son of a bitch. Ha, 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 ha.